Hello everybody, this is Curtis from Tremble letting you know that we are brought to you by Shudder. Shudder is the horror movie streaming service that brings you all the latest and greatest that horror has to offer. But you don't have to take my word for it. You can use TremblePod, that's T-R-E-M-B-L-E-P-O-D, when you sign up for an account. This will give you a free 30-day trial on us, so you can check it out for yourself. With that said, let's get on with this week's episode. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Trumbull, the earlier in the day than usual horror movie podcast. Normally, we record <laughs> at 11, at 10. And you don't think it would make a big difference, but my hungover ass brain's telling me otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> With me, as always, is Steven Taylor. How are you two doing? Oh, good. Fresh and alive. <laughs> it sounds like more than than you are, sir. Even though you're the one that that changed the time. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I, I, you know, there's no one I can blame for this except for myself. <laughs> I'm going up to Steve's neck of the woods for a vacation. Yeah, so baby. Yeah, I'm going up to, well, the, a Soyuz, which is the hottest place in BC, maybe the hottest place in Canada. Yes. Hmm. Oh, so it's like twenty. It's like it's like twenty three right there, right there right now. Then right because it's right now, cold yeah. in Vancouver right now. Yeah. Honestly, like in my neck of the woods right now, as a yeah, because we're like just after ten right now. It's almost twenty. Hmm. So it yeah, it would be a little bit hotter in Soyuz right now. That's cool. I yeah. um yeah i like going it's cool it's crazy though because it's like the only desert in canada and mm-hmm. there's been times i'm like doing things and i hear a little rattlesnake and i'm like what? oh there's definitely rattlesnakes uh in the okanagan valley for sure yeah oh it, it's just wild like yeah you know live, live in the in the very urban area of bc so whenever i hear a rattlesnake i'm like oh what the fuck <laughs> well and, and it's funny because there's also snakes out here i forget what they're called but they imitate rattlers so they're not really a rattle a, a rattlesnake and they're not poisonous but they emulate it mm. so it's like you know obviously for predator reasons and everything but it's like god damn <laughs> yeah. but uh we're not talking rattlesnakes although maybe we can do a, a maybe we can find some rattlesnake horror movies and do like a double feature or maybe snakes on a plane. Yeah, snakes on a plane, <laughs> anaconda. Dude, oh boy, feature. that's a that's a that's a rough week there. I would I would be down for anaconda. That movie is goofy and I love it. Anaconda, <laughs> just for a before. winking dead body of uh, John Voight. <laughs> yeah, his and, character entirely, basically, is insane. Insane. <laughs> snakes on a plane was a meme before memes were a thing. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I remember taking a date to see that movie, and we were like, what are we watching? This is so stupid. <laughs> uh, but we're talking about a much better movie than Snakes on a Plane, Dead and Buried. Um, I think one of the most underrated 80s horror movies, if not mm-hmm. probably the, the most underrated, because most people won't discuss this movie when they're talking about great 80s horror movies, but we should be, because it's absolutely fucking fantastic. And... Uh, it's a movie that I think if you haven't seen it and you watch it for the first time, you get all the cool reveals and twists and stuff. It's like, wow, like this, this movie is something. 
Um, but uh, what is Dead and Buried about? A suspense horror film set in a small coastal town where after a series of gory murders committed by mobs of townspeople against visiting tourists, the corpses begin to come back to life. And you may be asking yourself, why, how? The movie doesn't necessarily answer it, and I don't think it really needs to, aside from Jack Albertson being a fucking great villain. <laughs> I think what they push on it is witchcraft. Well, yeah, because they tee up the fact that, like, the wife is looking into voodoo. Yes. So it's got to be. And there's the scene with the hitchhiker, which Mm. is, like, one of the coolest scenes in the entire movie. The the breaking down of her body and the rebuilding of it is so fucking well done. Uh, But right after that scene, you have it looks like whoever is standing next to the body which i believe to be the wife right yeah you know which pre-reveal and everything um i feel like she's reading from a book and then all of a sudden the body wakes up yeah well and they put the hearts in the in the coffins afterwards which to me seems very witchcrafty yeah absolutely Mm -hmm. yeah that's that's kind of where i landed on it that it was like yeah voodoo witchcraft type thing yeah although if if witchcraft works in real life would it not technically also be science? That's a good question. That's, Anyways. That's fair. Yeah. Um, when was the first time we all watched Dead and Buried? I honestly can't remember. It was some point in the 90s that I watched it. I don't even know how I watched it. Um, I But it's one of those movies where I just have, like, I remember the entire film. But yeah, I really can't put a gauge on it i guess it was during my beginning of my uh, cannabis days i would say in the 90s Mm. (laughs) Um, which probably would attest to that failing of memories maybe i was gonna say Um, like i can imagine what uh smoking weed and watching this movie would probably be a little bit too much because this movie is already (laughs) a wild ride before it really is Mm -hmm. it it really is and i and, and i will say that like um there's there's aspects that are just so genuinely genuinely freaky about this movie, mm-hmm. and it, I I still think it holds up to this day like that that feeling that that kind of dread feeling, even though uh, what's his name is just uh, the um, I forget what the actor's name is um, the lead he's just not great. James <laughs> Yeah, he's just he just. I don't know when when he gets all like manic and stuff. It's all it's just it's just so it's just too much. Um, but uh, yeah, Sheriff Dan. Um, but yeah, I, I was really surprised how well it holds up. Mm-hmm. What about you, Taylor? What was the first time you watched this movie? Uh, I watched this one for the podcast. Um, I honestly don't even know. I mean, it's very possible I had heard the title previously and just not ingested that information in my brain um but i hadn't really heard anything about this until like we talked about it our last recording when we talked about the movies we were going to watch so Mm. in a way it's almost kind of nice that people don't talk about this one a lot even though it deserves to be um because a lot of movies sometimes when i don't hear about them and then i go and look them up afterwards uh you just see like gifs of things online or like spoilers all over the place especially when they're older movies Mm -hmm. uh so that is one of the 
slightly unintendedly nice side effects of not having heard about this one before is that I just got to experience it for the first time without being spoiled. And it was really wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I think that's like one of the things about this. If you've never seen this movie and you just go in fresh, like the reveals, I think, hit a little bit harder than if you know what's coming. Um, mm-hmm. That's why, like, anytime I tell someone to watch this movie, like, I don't say too much. I'm like, no, you should take in those reveals as they are because they are fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and this movie really does kind of a good job of of playing with the viewer a little bit, and like you're constantly kind of questioning. First, you think you know who it is, who's behind it all, and then it kind of changes as you watch it, and then it changes back. So it's it's a really good idea too. I mean, I was gonna say if you haven't watched this movie, go in blind. But if you've if you're listening to the podcast already, then we've spoiled a decent amount of it already. So stop <laughs> listening and go watch it instead. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean that the the you know the the reveal scene with all the different uh, film strips playing and stuff, and Jack Albertson kind of sitting in the middle of it with the, all that shadow and uh, you know the light from the projectors and everything. It's so fucking cool. Mm-hmm. It's like such a cool and absolutely like operatic scene. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, and and you kind of as you watch the movie it's revealed kind of who is a a zombie and who isn't but like at Mm -hmm. the end especially is when you realize oh this entire town is dead (laughs) like this guy has killed every single person in this town basically and nobody knows about it and sort of like halloween 3 where they're doing the mass that are going to kill all these kids and it's like ah it's just a goof just a prank like this guy's just like yeah i'm killing people because i want people to see my art i'm like Oh, that's fucked yeah. up. Uh, also, fun little fact, but the actor that plays Freddy uh, also was the dad in uh, another Tremble classic, Jack Frost. Oh! Yeah. <laughs> in case anyone <laughs> wanted to make those connections. Um, yeah, the first time I watched this movie was like a few years back, and I just... I heard about it. It was on like a lot of list of like underrated horror movies and or cult classics. And I was like, okay, well, a lot of times with those, I like to check out cult classic horror movies. Cause a lot of times I'm like, okay, these are the ones that I haven't heard of before. Like everyone's seen Jaws and Psycho and all these other ones. And I'm like, nah, I kind of want to watch the stuff that's a little bit under the radar. So I went and discovered it and I watched it. I'm like, man, this movie's great. And I think it's, great a lot of the times because you get actors like jack albertson and jack albertson played grandpa joe in willy wonka so in your mind you're like this is grandpa joe he's a sweet kind old man and then when you see like no he's actually quite fucked up uh i I think it really is uh really inspired casting and when you find out that uh, jack albertson was dying the entire time basically Mm -hmm. diagnosed with terminal cancer and uh, there was even points during the filming of this where um, the lead had to do scenes with Jack Albertson. He kept falling asleep because of his cancer. Like, he wasn't able to stay awake. And yeah. uh, the lead actually, his dad passed away from cancer before. So here he is having to, like, go through all this grief of his dad dying while trying to perform with Jack Albertson, who's also dying for cancer. Like, oh, there's just, like, a very meta, morose feel to this movie and I, I i'm not saying because obviously it's like terrible what happened but i think it really kind of made the movie something special 
even though there's a big thing of tragedy kind of overwhelming it too at the same time. Mm-hmm. So, well, it's like uh, Julian back in uh, uh, Poltergeist Two, right? Yeah, where the fact that his terminal nature kind of like it elevates the performance. It it's, does. It's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not to say it, right. But well, it's interesting that these actors are like basically on death's door and they kind of utilize that to harness it into a performance. It's, it's really interesting. I don't know. Again, there's a big sense of tragedy to it and that you, I want to be tasteful about it, but at the same time too, I'm like, it, there's something interesting about that, that I find interesting. So, mm-hmm. um, okay. Uh, we got some emails here. Uh, Tyler says one of the most unforgettable endings in horror is a solid film that tends to get passed by when discussing eighties horror. A hundred percent. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And the ending is great. I love how it's shot too with him being in Jack Albertson's mortuary or whatever. And you just see like all this film playing in the background and doing and all the reveals that comes from that. Like, honestly, you know what it kind of reminded me of is like the Joker from Batman. Like, just somebody just causing pure chaos. It was mm. wild. Um, Mike says, it's got Stan Winston effects and a Tales from the Crypt style plot. There's a lot to love. Yeah, ah. oh, for sure. It, yeah, it really is a Tales from the Crypt yeah. plotting to it, for sure. Especially with all the reveals and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I think there's just something more freaky about a mob killing rather than just a singular killer or -hmm. a singular monster and stuff the fact i mean just even even the the reveals and the the jump scares being like the flash bulb of the cameras and stuff like that and then just all these townspeople appearing from everywhere it's it's super freaky Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. oh yeah and jack albertson basically plays the crypt keeper in this movie so oh essentially yeah yeah (laughs) Um, yeah. And I I don't know, it's also played so well, too, to the fact that you think that maybe that Dan has allies in town, even his own secretary, when she's reading the codex uh, about Dobbs and and, uh, about his incarcerations or being ejected from towns and stuff like that, about that he's not able to practice medicine anymore, like all that kind of stuff. It's like so well rolled out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, all the information that they give you is just given in these little bits and pieces, which is so Mm -hmm. perfect because you can try and figure it out as you go along, but then as things are revealed a little bit more to you, it's like, yeah, it's, it's really well done. Yeah. Uh, and then final email uh, George says first time I watched this film the sudden shock of the photographer's charred body opening its eyes and screaming nearly gave me a heart attack oh god (laughs) that's so crazy this movie has two things that scare the shit out of me and one is anything to do with eyes like I can't do anything (laughs) and this, this is yeah very prominent just jabbing of the eye and then the second one is uh, just the horror of humans, I guess. Like, the idea that, like, people can do awful things. Like, I, I you know, you show me a monster movie, I'm like, uh, monsters don't exist. That's, that's You can remove yourself from that. But, like, mm-hmm. a mob of people attacking someone, like, yeah, that shit happens. Like, that, mm-hmm. that's 
real life horror. Yeah, of course, there's like the elevatedness of like the zombies and all that stuff, but still, like, it's kind of rooted in this idea that like this is a real life kind of horror thing that can happen. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. The well, yeah. one is the, the most disturbing one to me because it's so, it feels so abrupt. Yeah. Mm. I mm. was going to say that the, them going back and killing George or Freddie or whatever his name is when he's in the hospital and like the police officer is right about to go in and question him and yeah. try and get information. And then the, the blonde lady comes in. I don't remember if we actually got a name for her character, but the blonde lady comes in and just stabs him in the eye. And you're like, no, like right. he was so close. Lisa Blunt playing the nurse. Who? Yep. I mean, I think she was like as big of a bombshell as she was back in the day. Like, I think it was like an officer and a gentleman or something. Uh, yep. Like she was in that and... The, the yeah. guy kills himself after she breaks up with him. I'm like, yeah, that's how good, that's how hot Lisa Blunt was. If she broke out with you, that was it. That was the end of your tenure. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah. Also, too, you know, Lisa Blunt convincing enough that if, you know, if you're, if some girl is going to be like undressing on a beach for you and you're going to mm-hmm. buy that it's okay, that, that would be the type. Like you'd be like, yeah, this seems okay, even though. As soon as she appeared, I was just like Prince of Darkness, baby. Yep. She's she's really great in that too. Yo, yeah. I I mean, we waxed on pretty good in our our episode about it. I I'd say that the casting in in Prince of Darkness fucking rules. So yeah, Lisa Bond's definitely a big big reason behind that. Mm-hmm. She like died of like a really rare disease too, like. She wasn't even that old either. I think she was like only like 53. she was fifty three. Yeah. Oof. Yeah. Okay. Um. All right. Let's get on to some awards here. Best line. I I put the one that always stands out to me, which is "You can try to kill me, Dad, but you can't. You can only make me dead." Mm, yeah. That's a good one. That's a that's a good line. Um. I I I have to go with um um. Janet's repeated line of bury me, bury me, Dan. It's just so haunting. Yeah. And she's walking backwards and stuff and like oh, man, kind yeah. of disappearing around the corner. I was just like, oh, it's chilling. It really that, is. That yeah. whole burial sequence mm-hmm. where like he's putting dirt on her and she like brings it over her own face and like sinks yeah. into it is that's oh. that was really cool, actually. Yeah. Uh, O'Bannon, like the, just the writing of this, because it's Shusin and O'Bannon that did this one, right? Um, um, th- there's a fun story about that, but he didn't really actually. I mean, just the writing behind this one and the this the um the uh, the the emotional effect that this movie is able to have, while like still being very entrenched in that, like like the 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 listener said the 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 tales from the crypt feeling mm-hmm. is just absolutely fascinating and uh you know it as 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 much as i can shit on any of the lead acting in it from from uh from from uh good old james here um there's stuff that still just is going to shine through anyways yeah mm-hmm. but the funny thing with the dan o'bannon thing is the screenwriters and director like they reached out to him to like do a once over on the script and just kind of look it over 
he made some notes and sent them over and they totally disregarded everything he put, but then they still oh, really gave him a credit because he gave those notes. And later Dan O'Bannon said that he regretted doing that because he's like, what was the point? Like I got credited with it, but I didn't, none of my ideas made it in. I mean, yeah. the movie's still great regardless, but mm-hmm. yeah, it, because they, kinda... they, oh, they get the, the, uh, the screenplay credit, the uh, Shusen and O'Bannon get the screenplay credit, but it's, um, Jeff Miller and Alex Stern that are the story credit on it. Yeah. So I guess I guess if you want to have a big name in your credits for writing, you send them something that they give you back notes for, and even if you don't use it, just put their name in the credits and then exactly. you're good. Yeah. Well, and it's funny because they're only basically going off the fact that they did Alien, right? Like that's how even the posters sell it. You know what I mean? This is the creators of Alien with their next thing of horror mm-hmm. i mean and at the end of it that's their biggest credit like I, you, there's nobody out there being like oh dark star is the shit you know yeah. I mean? like like there are carpenter fans that are like fuck yeah dark star but i mean the crowning and like only huge achievement of bannon and and Schuster's career is uh is alien and uh I, and for a lot of people when you know just overarchingly dead and buried might be on there but yeah it's funny to know that he just did kind of a once over and basically fucked off <laughs> yeah yeah and you know it's just kind of funny because again i don't think the movie really needed dan o'bannon like that's kind of why i find it funny i'm like i mean the script's really good as, as is like why did you need it but uh best performance i put jack albertson uh, absolutely yeah james ferentino just <laughs> sorry to, to not not quite up to snuff although i do like james ferentino the like the kind of emotions he gives her his face as he's starting to learn that what's going on and that like people are you know coming back as undead like it's interesting because you're watching the reveals alongside him and I think mm-hmm. that they do a good job of sort of bringing your the reveals to the audience alongside him. And he does a pretty good job of facilitating that. But, like, yeah, it's like Jack Albertson's the the, the MVP still. Like, just sure. everything he does. And, again, he's bringing a morose kind of performance. And if you've seen anything Jack Albertson's done before, Willy Wonka, uh, The Poseidon Adventures, Fox and the Hound... Chico and the man, like n- he's he never did anything like this before. Like, could you no. imagine somebody going and being like, "Oh, I can't wait to watch this new movie with Grandpa Joe in it"? And just like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> so, any, anybody else got any other performances? That was pretty um, much it for yeah, me. Yeah, I would say I would say Jack Albertson for sure. I, I really like Melody Anderson's performance in it because mm. it's the red herring of the whole film, I believe. Yes. Mm, yeah. Um and like the especially the reveal is so cool, like just to be in that old video that old film strip. I yeah. really like that reveal. But yeah, I mean uh, Jack Albertson kind of overshadows everything cuz he's just so good. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give a tip of the hat to Lisa Blunt too, who really does femme fatale well. So, mm-hmm. yeah, every scene that she shows up in, you kind of get a little 
dread in you of going like, oh, she's gonna she's gonna fuck someone up. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But like at the same time, like, oh, she's sexy. She seems really nice. And then no, like you realize it's all a facade. But that's what makes it work so well. So yeah, yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, best kill. I went with the acid embalming. Even yeah, the though, doctor. Even though it kind of is a little dated. And oh, for sure it is. For sure it is. Because you can hear the ADR. Yeah. No, that's acid. And it's like obviously a rubber head. It's, yeah. so, it's so funny. But I think I think by that point, you already are so hook, line, and sinker into the movie that you're able to suspend that. I like Yeah. People. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is 1982. Like, I, I give it a bit of a bit of a pass but yeah like part of me is like that face looks so fake <laughs> oh yeah it's bad well and especially to follow up the hitchhiker reconstruction mm-hmm. with something that looks genuinely really crappy but, um yeah. but yeah it's it's just the implications of it are just like holy fuck yeah it's just yeah. the idea that you're pumping acid into someone's body i'm like that's that's pretty cool so. Yeah. yeah, into their face. Into oh. their face, yeah. <laughs> and then when you see the guy come back later, like, oh, what the fuck? Like, you had acid all throughout your body. How did they bring you back? But I guess they did. Molecule by molecule, I guess. Yeah. Jack Alberson really knows how to bring people back, so. I mean, well, like by this says, point, he's perfected his art, so. Yeah. Yeah. And he even says, like, <laughs> the more mutilated, the better. Like, that's why I mutilate them, so I can make them perfect again. Yeah. It's just really got something to prove. Uh, dumbest decision I put believing that a random girl would undress for you with no consequences. Absolutely, <laughs> that beach. one's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, the family I feel like makes a really some really boneheaded moves. Oh yes. Um. Yeah. Why go into that? Anytime you go into someone else's creepy old abandoned house, you yeah. just should know that you're gonna die. I just don't understand. Yeah, exactly. They just really didn't have any sort of, like, their, their panic plan was just terrible. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, cool. I think it's time to score this. What's everyone thinking for a rating? Um, the, the, the date on it just kind of takes a little of the luster off, but I'm still going to give it a solid 8 out of 10. It's still... It still rocks. Um, mm-hmm. Albertson is such a fantastic performance, and honestly, I, I and I think we've we've all said this time and time again over this episode. This film doesn't get as, as much love and recognition as it should. Mm-hmm. Um, so even if it's not like a perfect score that I'm giving, I still this is highly highly recommended if you're into horror at all, or if you want to see some or some good origins of horror. Um, dead and buried's the shit. I really loved it. Mm-hmm. Well, to kind of like play off that too. Uh, Stan Winston, like, I think he gave like an interview and they were talking about those effects, and he kept going back to Dead and Buried. He's like, for all the work I've done for all the Iron Man movie or whatever else he worked on, he's like, Dead and Buried is still my favorite. So <laughs> it's got to mean awesome. something when Stan Winston's like, yeah, I've done a lot of stuff, but this takes a cake. Yeah. Honestly, this this one impressed me. I, I will admit that sometimes I'm a little biased against older stuff because 
I mean, we just have access to so many consumable media things, movies and TV these days that a lot of the tropes have already been kind of done. And so sometimes with older things, I'm like, oh, is this going to be like an old trope that, you know, I've seen a million times before. But honestly, the plot, the the information, the the way they reveal things like is kind of trickling out and you kind of second guess yourself. And this movie kind of plays with you a little bit. And I was very impressed by the details and and the story of this movie. Um, So I'm going to give this one a nine. I I really, really enjoyed this one. And it's definitely going on my rewatch list for future viewings and like if i ever if someone is ever like oh i need a really good like not really zombie movie but almost zombie movie like i would Mm -hmm. totally recommend this to people yeah like a somewhat classy (laughs) zombie movie yeah (laughs) it's also just tragic to know that like this was directed by gary sherman who later did poltergeist 3 and i'm just like uh like interesting that is just as to the tragedy of poltergeist 3 because in my mind i'm like if you if back then you were like the dead and buried guys making Poltergeist three, I would have been super excited. But look how that turned out. So I also have another uh, a Shout Factory collector's edition from me because he did a movie called um, Vice Squad. Oh yeah, yeah, that's with a... Wings Hauser. Yeah, that's uh, that 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 movie's a little a wild one too. It absolutely is. Absolutely. It's got. It's also partially considered a horror film as well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. All right. Uh, I'm giving this ten out of ten. I I love. This nice. Movie. Yeah. I think I like. I recognize that there's issues with the movie, but I think for what issues I do have, like for me, it, it kind of gets overshadowed by everything that's great about this. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ten out of ten. I I've rewatched this movie countless times. I'm like. There's stuff that still gets me, like Lisa Blunt shoving the needle into Christopher Alport's eye. Oof. Oh, like, yeah. Like that's, that's a lot. So, Okay. Well, Steve, where can people find you on the internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at The Steeple Dead. Uh, I'm also on Letterboxd. Uh, just probably search Steeple Dead or Steve Stebbing on uh on Letterboxd, uh, my website stevestebbing.ca, and I'm on the shift every week, a Thursday nights, 11 p.m. Pacific time, talking all the new movies, like how shitty the Jurassic World Dominion was. Oh yeah, um, you know to quote, um, you know Ian Malcolm from the first movie, that is a giant pile of shit. Yeah, I mean <laughs> the the continued fast and furiousing of this franchise is really horrible, and the fact that they would bring the legacy. Uh, cast in to just double down on the dumbest shit from the last movie and really not kind of encompass anything in the in the original film at all uh, is just ugh, just totally totally brutal. But I will say um, this week or when this episode comes out within this week on Apple TV Plus, you'll be able to see a film called Cha Cha Real Smooth, which is fucking awesome such a mm. great film so that's nice. a it's like a romantic comedy but really really good nice mm. cool well taylor where can people find you on the internet um at some point i will be back on twitch and instagram my username is Techronomicon. um i also have a blog that is not yet updated but will be also in the future cerceanic.home.blog 
And that's pretty much it. I'm pretty quiet on the internet right now. Oh, and I have a letterboxed that I am actually getting better at updating, at least with the uh, ratings for the movies that we cover on the podcast. And my username is Circeanic there as well. Nice. Uh, yeah, you can check me out over at DreamCorners.com. I've got reviews up of the shit pile that is Jurassic Park Dominion. I also <laughs> reviewed the first two episodes of Miss Marvel, which... Uh, I feel like it could be very predictable. It seems like where it's going, but I want to leave some room for if they do surprise me. But yeah, still still pretty solid. Um, yeah, talk Obi-Wan Kenobi and the boys too. Obi-Wan, I think people are sleeping on Obi-Wan Kenobi. I actually think it's been, it's actually very interesting what they're doing with that show. So I love it. Yeah. I'm really loving it. People are really like just dunking on it. Like people are like, oh, they're just riffing on New Hope. I'm like, well, you say like that's a bad thing, but I like Yeah, it. right? But, uh, yeah. Well, and it's like, the, there's certain things that are like, oh, they're putting all this backstory with Leia and, and Obi-Wan, and it's just like, okay, well, how much how much involvement does Leia and Obi-Wan have in A New Hope? Like, really not a lot, right? Yeah. But yet, when they her and Han name their first child, their first child's name is Ben, well, why? Well, this kind of illustrates why. Mm -hmm. Yeah. For sure. Also, it's just got badass Darth Vader scenes. So, Oh, so good. Him dragging Obi-Wan through fire. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you all next time where we're going to talk about Messiah of Evil. Until next time. Bye for now.